Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Let's celebrate each other. The Grieving Parent Sharing Hope podcast is almost at its 100th episode, and we want to show our appreciation by giving away a $100 Amazon gift card. From now through March 13th, those who donate $20 or more to help this podcast continue will be entered into a drawing. The winner of the $100 gift card will be drawn and announced on our 100th episode, which will be on March 16th. To be eligible, go to gpshope.org go slash donate. Be sure to click where it says to add a special message and write the words, enter me into the drawing or something along that line with your gift of $20 or more. The Grieving Parent Sharing Hope podcast has been here faithfully every week since April of 2019. If GPS Hope has been a blessing to you, bringing godly hope and encouragement after the death of your child, please help us continue providing support and resources to bereavers and help us celebrate 100 episodes of this podcast by going to gpshope.org slash go slash donate and give a gift of at least $20. Be sure to let us know with your gift that you want to be entered into the drawing for the $100 gift card. 100 is a number to celebrate. Let's celebrate each other together. Hi, we are still in the series of music and grief, and today we're going to hear from someone who has become a precious friend over the last couple of years. Angelique Marketon was born and raised in Germany until she moved to Florida where she met her husband, Tony. Because worship has always been something that draws Angelique closer to God, she has a heart to lead others closer into his presence as well. For many years, God has flowed through Angelique, opening the door for people to experience the freedom, healing, and hope we have in God and His love. On October 27, 2018, Angelique lost her only child, Isaiah, in a tragic accident. Isaiah was only 16 years old. It took some time to get the strength back to sing and lead again. As God continues to heal Angelique's own heart through worship, her ministry of healing, comfort, and hope has now deepened greatly as God flows through her music to others who have also faced deep hardships. I'm excited for you to meet Angelique, so let's get started. When we were introduced, we happened to be in Florida at that time. Yeah. So we got to meet and have dinner together, and it just seemed like an instant connection, didn't it? Definitely, yes. Yeah. And so we have been in contact ever since, and we've gotten to spend a little bit more time together, and you guys came to our Texas, or I mean, our Iowa retreat. That was <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah, yeah. so we've, we've gotten to spend time together. I really wanted her to be able to share some of her heart with our listeners. First of all, I want to start out by, Angelique, would you please share Isaiah with us? So Isaiah, he was 16 years old when he died. On October 27th, 2018, he went to be with his friends in Fort Pierce, which is about two hours from where I live. And uh, they went out like at midnight, I guess around midnight or something. 
And I guess one of his friends that I didn't know about, but uh, he was driving his truck and Isaiah was in the, the bed of the truck with his other friend. And the kid that was driving was going really fast, just showing off, fishtailing on a really dry, like sandy road. And there was like one other car behind them. So they saw everything that happened. And the car went out of control. I think he was going about twice the speed limit. Mm -hmm. The car went out of control, hit one tree. Before the car even hit that tree, Isaiah's friend jumped out, mm. I guess because he got scared. It was, that was his reaction. Isaiah was still in the truck. There were four other kids in the front. I don't think anybody was wearing seatbelts. But then after the first tree, it hit another tree, and then the truck went all the way upside down into a canal, mm. and um, Isaiah hit his head, and he died instantly. He was in the open truck, so mm -hmm. I don't know if he got thrown off of it, but he died instantly, which... It helps to know that it happened quick. From what I remember, he was the only one of those boys that lost right. his life. Yeah, none of them really got even hurt. I think TJ, the one that was in the back with him in the truck, I think he hurt his feet. He, he had crutches mm -hmm. for like a day or something. I heard, but I don't mm -hmm. remember that. And then the other ones, I think they just tried to get each other out of the canal. Mm -hmm. So, And there were kids doing mouth-to-mouth -mouth for Isaiah, and nobody could mm -hmm. bring him back. And Isaiah is your only child. Yeah. So you are one of those that... That's it. A difficult, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, very difficult. You lost a brother, and so mm -hmm. your mom has gone through losing yeah. a child. Exactly. How's that been? Um, has I she mean, been a big help for you? or Because I know... So, okay. Yeah, especially at the beginning. At okay. the beginning, she actually said something that really impacted me. I think it was just a few days after Isaiah died. She She just started crying, and she said you know what, it was worth it. And I said, what was worth it? And she said, it was worth losing Andrea so that I could be there for you. Wow. And it was powerful. And I had no idea how she even felt. I never understood her pain until I lost Isaiah. And I actually asked her for forgiveness for not mm. being there for her and not getting it. Because mm -hmm. I don't think you can understand it unless it happens to you. So, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and turn the corner and get into our topic of okay. grief and music. So, Angelique, you are a worship leader, mm -hmm. and it has been an important part of your life. Did you continue with this after Isaiah died? I mean, because um, you were, I don't know, I, for lack of a better term, I kind of feel like you are almost like an up and rising worship leader star. I, I mean, you were doing... <laughs> I mean, I mean, churches some were asking say you that. to come, I, yeah. and I mean, so you were being invited to lead worship right. at, at quite a few places and big yeah. events. Yeah. So how did that, um, Isaiah's death, affect all of that? It was crazy. And I wouldn't say it was really big yet. There was a couple of things that were big, but I felt like it was going to get there maybe, you know, eventually. Mm -hmm. And my heart was, that was what I was doing full time. Mm -hmm. I was, I wanted to travel. I wanted to maybe even do tours, you know, write music and, and, um minister to others through my own stories, um, which crazy, I never thought it would be this kind of story. But yeah. so um, after Isaiah died, like instantly after he died, I think it was literally like two hours after I no found out he was dead. I, I looked at my mom and I said, Mom, I don't think I could ever, ever sing again. I don't mm -hmm. think I could ever write music again, or lead worship again. And I meant it like there was no way that I could ever do it yeah. again in my mind. And I was thinking to myself, it, it would be selfish mm. because I enjoy it so much. So I was like, if I, if I sing again, I would be a horrible person. It was like mm. this lie, you know, mm -hmm. I don't even yeah. understand where it came from. But 
and and I also I felt like I was too weak to ever sing again you mm. know so no I, I I couldn't sing really I think I tried a few times right at the beginning I couldn't do anything and then I tried I did one event I think four months after he died mm-hmm. and it was extremely difficult I was asked to minister and even give some of my story it was extremely difficult for me to do that but I did it and then after that I took a long break yeah. I just couldn't. And that was about the time that Dave and I were introduced to you because mm-hmm. you had just recently done that and exactly. it was like on a video on Facebook and I watched it yeah. and there was a strength there. I mean, it was God's strength. Yeah. We know that. Parents who've lost a child know that. Mm-hmm. But anybody else who saw it, it was like, oh, you're just so strong. You're so, you know, victorious and all of that. Yeah. And I know Dave and I were like, she's going to crash. <laughs> I mean, this I mean, is, you don't this even is understand not... the concept. You don't grasp the concept. No, of, you're of... still, I think, in so much shock even. Even exactly. though it's it's heavy and dark and but yes. it, there's yes. so much shock, it's almost like an autopilot thing. Yes, for like Be- a year. Yeah. About a year, I feel like. You're yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so Dave and I were like, we're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep an eye on this one because yeah. you know we could see that the gifts that you had so quickly, mm-hmm. and yet we also knew that there's some darkness that you were gonna be going through. Yeah. I mean, we pray not, mm-hmm. but in the natural, it's not very often that that it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm fine. I can you yeah. know I can go on with my life. It just doesn't happen. And I think there's a pressure too when you're in ministry. You feel pressured yes. to perform Perform, in a way because you don't want people to think that you're not equipped Mm -hmm. in your calling you know right and you and I we've talked about too how it's it's hard because depending on like the church that you're in or how you've been raised as a believer there are so many we call them streams of faith where it's like the healing and the Mm -hmm. victory and and the whole we've we've talked about how difficult that is because there's such an expectation that other believers and leadership puts can put on you not Mm -hmm. they all Mm -hmm. don't do that but it's unfortunately more common than not when you're in leadership that they expect you to be able to get the victory and let's keep going yeah and that's very damaging Mm -hmm. yeah and it catches up with you when you think you can do it, you might do yeah. it with your own strength for a little while, but it will catch up. Well, you try because yeah. you think you should be able to. Right. It's like, yeah, I think, yeah, I should be able to get the victory over this. Right. I mean, I'm an international minister. I, you know, I should be able to. And and then you start feeling guilty that you can't. What's wrong mm-hmm. with me? And it's like, what's wrong with me? I'm grieving the death of my child. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it makes things really hard. Mm-hmm. When, when I lost Becca and I would go back to worship, I would just cry and cry and cry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have you had that experience well that's one of the reasons I couldn't like every time I would start practicing even just at home I would just bawl I, I couldn't I had no energy like first of all just getting the physical energy to sing mm-hmm. was so much I I don't even and I know you know what it's like mm-hmm. when you lose a child you can barely breathe mm-hmm. and that's it was so much strength for me to sing in general just sing yeah because we're in survival learning mode. songs yeah right exactly you yeah. can barely put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. So that was really hard. And then also emotionally, if I did lead, which was a few times at the beginning, I would just be a complete mess afterwards. I mean, complete mess. I just couldn't do it, mm-hmm. you know. And and I, I even had a hard time just going to church as ministry for myself because I felt like if I went to church and I let my walls down, that they wouldn't be able to handle it and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to handle my pain. Yeah. And I didn't want to dump all that on somebody because I felt like mm-hmm. it was just too much for anybody to handle that kind of pain. Mm-hmm. So I stayed away for a while. Yeah. And I'm sure people judged me for it, but... 
Yeah. It happens. Oh, well. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, you can't, yeah. You just, you don't understand. You just don't, even as a believer. Right. Now, you have written several songs. Now, you were writing songs before Isaiah died. Mm-hmm. And you have since written, what, one or two since Isaiah passed? So that's actually, so remember how I said I would never write again? Three weeks after Isaiah died, even though I had said I'll never write again, I just all of a sudden sat down at my keyboard and I started playing a melody and then I opened the the Bible and and there were different things sections and psalms that I just put together and it was literally I felt like it was straight from God that song so there was one song in the original that literally talks about the pain that I'm going through and how desperate I am for some kind of a light to you know mm-hmm. help me get through this it's like super raw but kind of in biblical language mm-hmm. um, so that was one and I don't think I actually wrote any more originals but I'm doing a, a project, the Isaiah project that I'm doing right now. So that's one of the songs. And then there's actually a hip-hop song that Isaiah wrote that's going to be on it that I had reproduced. And then another original of mine that I wrote before Isaiah died, just a little bit before. And uh, and a cover, Defender. I don't know if you, you've heard. Probably a lot of people know that song, Defender. Yes, okay, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just because I could relate to that one. So, yeah. Yeah, now the, the hip-hop song of Isaiah's. That was something he wrote. Yeah. Now, was that something that he was going to record and you ended up doing for him? Or, yeah. I mean, you know, like in his place? Or, I mean, well, how what far happened did he was, get with that? What happened was um, two weeks before he died, he said, Hey, Mom, I have this song, this hip-hop song that I wrote, and uh, I wanted to see if you could set me up on your computer and I record it. So I was like, Yeah, we have to go to a meeting. I'll set you up, and then you have freedom to just be yourself, and we'll leave the house for a few hours, and you go ahead and record. So he did. When I came home, I was in shock because it was so good. He mm. was only 16, mm. but it was amazing. The lyrics, and it was about Jesus. He said the word Jesus, <laughs> which I was shocked because I, I always would tell him, you know, with hip-hop music, you got to be careful what you write about because so much is just about, you know, sex and drugs and cars and women mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I didn't think that he actually listened to me, but he did. Mm-hmm. So God really used this song he used this song for me to realize that God was real in the midst of my pain mm. because it was like a miracle because he wrote it two weeks before he died. Some of the lyrics in the song talk about how he's 16 years old and how God took him to the light. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And and the, the name of the song is called To the Light. Mm. And he's talking about struggling in the world and how he wants to choose God. It's mm-hmm. It's just amazing. But the way that he words it is just very mature. So yeah, that was like a miracle that song for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So do you think that music is important in the grieving process? I think it probably depends on who you are, I would think. I mean, for me, it, music was always a huge part of my life, so that's kind of how God speaks to me is through music a lot of times. Even like for me even um prayer is a lot more difficult for me than worship and mm-hmm. singing, worshiping. Mm-hmm. I get closest to God when I just flow by myself with the keyboard and I sing. That's like my way of prayer more mm-hmm. than just stopping and praying, you know? Yeah. So for me personally, it is. And I think that I've gotten some healing from even writing that song and listening to music. Now that now I'm leading worship again and that's... At a different church. At a different church, mm-hmm. right? It's helping me, but it's also still hard after, Yeah, I think, over... Well, Almost two and a half years now. Yeah, this is still pretty early, pretty early and pretty fresh for you. Mm -hmm. So to be willing 
not necessarily. I I think willing is probably a good word. Yes. (laughs) To be willing to put yourself back in that place Mm -hmm. and say, okay, God, even in my pain, I'm willing to let you flow through me if it means I can minister to someone within this. Mm -hmm. So, and now you're kind of surrounded by people who understand maybe not the depth of your grief because Mm -hmm. they haven't lost a child, but they understand that you're in a process. Yes. And they make allowances for that. Yes, definitely. And especially my pastor. And he, we actually talked on the phone today, and he, he keeps saying how he, he knows that I'm struggling, but he's so in awe of just watching me still pushing through and doing it. And he said, I know that you don't see it when people say, wow, I can't believe uh, you're doing all this, you know, and how you're getting through this or whatever. And to me, I'm so in the middle of it and have so much pain still that mm-hmm. I don't see the positive that maybe other people see, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm, I'm glad that God is using it, but it is, it's, and he's, this is some, something that he said a lot. He said, it comes with a cost and you're walking out, mm. you're walking that out. Mm. There's a cost and it is, it's a lot. It's physically a lot. It's emotionally a lot. It's spiritually a lot because mm-hmm. everything changes spiritually after you lose a child. It's oh, like, yeah. you have to re-question everything again. Mm-hmm. Not like, I don't believe in you anymore, God, but like, how you believe in him like yeah what you almost like who are him. you how did i right. <laughs> how yeah. did i miss this part of you because i yeah. didn't think you'd ever let something like this happen to me because i exactly. love you i serve you i i serve you, know, you. Yeah. served you my whole life almost mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you and i have talked in fact we might have been talking we just had lunch together so we might have been talking about it at lunch <laughs> we, we get so fuzzy so oh, fast yeah. <laughs> still but you mentioned how your pastor talked about wow i'm just amazed at how you just keep pushing your way through this and kind of that how strong you are and we were just talking about when people tell us that oh you're Mm -hmm. just so strong Mm -hmm. and how that can be so irritating because it's like but I'm not strong I don't Mm -hmm. think just because you see just just because this is what you see doesn't mean that I'm strong and yet for you just now saying when your pastor tells you that there's a, a different almost like a humility or a kind of an awe in mm-hmm. a different way. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's different when someone, oh, you're just so strong. I could never go through what you're going through. Right, <laughs> As right, opposed yeah. to someone saying, wow, yeah. I'm watching you right. and I'm watching what God's doing in you and through mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Yeah. And that's kind of how it is yeah. with him. You know, that's definitely even, I mean, he, when he asked me to lead worship for him, I asked him and he's actually told the story at church. I, I asked him, I said, why would you ask me when you know exactly where I'm, where I'm at right mm-hmm. now, spiritually, emotionally? There's no way. I, are you sure you want me to lead your people? Like, I don't think I'm mm-hmm. qualified right now. One of the reasons that he wanted me to come is because he loved my vulnerability. He loved my honesty. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want to go there and just pretend, you know, right. and say, I have it all together. I'm super mm-hmm. Christian. You know, no, I'm not. I, I lost my child. I'm processing, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm working it out. Every single day, you have mm-hmm. to make a choice to continue walking it out. And I, it just seems like we need more of that. We need more leadership of broken, wounded people who will say, I'm broken and wounded. Right. Let's walk this out together because I know you're broken and wounded mm-hmm. right. <laughs> in a different right. way because we all are. Yeah. We have all been broken and wounded by this world. People around us, situations, mm-hmm. maybe not to the point of everybody's lost a child, fortunately. Right, fortunately. But... Yeah. To have that kind of, I mean, that's what we need. Mm-hmm. 
instead of putting on those masks and the whole you rah rah Christianity right, right. stuff, and then we fall apart when yeah that stuff happens. I think it's a lot more effective in ministry when people are raw. I know I get ministered a lot more by someone that's raw and talking about their weaknesses, and when mm-hmm. you can tell that they're really being sincere, that ministers to me a lot more than somebody that has it all together because we know it's not true anyway. Right. Because nobody does. Right, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there may be times where, yes, <laughs> we're, right. we're feeling the Lord and we're up, yeah. and we're, but right. it's we don't stay there. We don't no. stay there because we're living in this world, right. and we have an enemy. Exactly. So, yeah, so yeah. to be real about what's going on in our lives mm-hmm. and stop. Yeah, it's okay to be vulnerable, yeah. <laughs> It's and we right. need more of that. So I learned many years ago that God created music to be a pathway to our soul. I mean, that's really, I mean, worship, but it's a pathway to our soul. Mm-hmm. I have an interesting question. I'll be interested to see how you answer this. Do you think the kind of music that we listen to affects us in our grief? Can it affect us? emotionally are there things that we should stay away from or does it matter does it is it just I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this yeah I mean even even without grieving certain lyrics or a certain person singing a song it does affect you the lyrics affect you I don't know I mean but then again like I sometimes sometimes the heavy songs help me Mm -hmm. like just like what you were just talking about being honest I like the same thing in songs too because if you only listen to hope songs, yeah. then I feel like it's this pressure of, mm-hmm. like, you have to hurry up and get there. Right. You know, I don't know if I'm answering that right or not, but, yeah. But almost I mean, like it, it gives us permission to grieve. And you think of, like, you pulled out the one song from a lot of the Psalms. I mean, David proved that. Right. I mean, a lot of his right. songs were about the heaviness and what yes. was going on in his life that was like, God, where are you? Right, right. <laughs> this is the mess I'm in. Yeah. You know, why, where are you in this right. mess? Right. Why aren't you helping me right now? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I do. Yeah. I think sometimes it, we need those songs that just Definitely. kind of draws out the grief and allows us because yeah. we can't go around it. Right. We have exactly. to go through it. And yeah. I think sometimes those songs help us go through it, help us process mm. the grief. And I know a lot of pastors, I've heard a lot of pastors say, I, I can't stand the me songs. To me, the, mm. a lot of the me songs are the songs that get somebody that doesn't mm-hmm. know God at all yeah. and can pull them in that direction. Mm-hmm. Because if it's only about, I worship you, God, I worship you, God, that's great. I mm-hmm. want to sing those songs. But if it's only about that, then a new Christian or somebody that's in, in total broken state, then can't they can't relate to that. Mm-mm. I didn't when I was younger, when I had my other issues in life before Mm -hmm. this issue, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't relate. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's like, it's not about you. Well, Mm -hmm. then why did God create me? Right. (laughs) You know, in that sense, something is about me. God's all about me. (laughs) You know, I mean, he, he wants, yeah. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it is about us Mm -hmm. and it, and it is about who God is for us and in us and through us. And Mm -hmm. so I, I totally agree with that. We are sitting right now in, you have a simple recording studio Mm -hmm. in your house and you are helping me record a CD. (laughs) And that question made me think of Hakeem, who Mm -hmm. was here and he was playing some guitar for the CD. Mm -hmm. And I know that he does rap and hip hop and kind of a, a, not rhythm and uh, Um, gospel. No, no I can't. Um, anyway, so he, he does. <laughs> so he does like hip hop and rap. And so I wanted to hear some of his stuff. And he pulled some things up. And, and I loved it because mm-hmm. it, it was talking about a lot of it 
the raw and the real yeah. of the pain of this world and some of the things that he's been through and yet God, kind of like Isaiah, bringing mm-hmm. him to the light. And so that whole thing about what kind of music we listen to, exactly. it's almost like whatever you need to listen to for that moment mm-hmm. that you're right. in. And it doesn't have to be classical. It doesn't have to be all worship. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it right, can right. be things that, yeah, just get us through it. Yeah. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you, <laughs> that whole survival mode, yeah, is a yeah. rough, rough place to be. So is there anything on your heart maybe that you want to share with the listeners about music or grief or your journey, something God's about shown grief, you? I mean... I feel like at the beginning when we first grieve, we feel like we're, we're the only ones that feel so alone and broken and will never get better. Like it, it's never going to get better. And honestly, it probably also depends on who you are as a person because there are some people that maybe don't want to get better also. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning, like for the first year, I feel like I couldn't get better. Like I couldn't, I needed mm-hmm. to grieve. I needed to, I couldn't just force myself and say, oh, I'm good just because I'm a worship leader or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But I do feel that it gets better and it, it does get easier partially if you want it to you know I feel like I'm actually I mean it's been almost two and a half years now and I'm smiling again I, I laugh you know we've had some laughs yeah yeah <laughs> uh-huh. we joke around I, you know I mean there's joy I have also a lot of crying nights I can have a joyful day and then cry at night mm-hmm. you know which is part of it but I don't feel bad about it I don't like I feel like we're in it together as grieving parents, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We understand each other, yes. like reach out to other people that, that know what it's like because the ones that haven't lost a child, they're not going to know. They mean well, but they're not going to know right. what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And if by after a year you still feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm still this sad, it's normal after a mm-hmm. year. I feel like after a year is when you're finally grasping the concept that your child is gone. Right. So it's a process and it's, you know, I think after a year and a half, I slowly started feeling a little bit more alive, you know, Mm -hmm. and breathing again. Mm -hmm. So, and Mm -hmm. yeah, you still get tired more. Like I get tired fast, I think, Mm -hmm. just because it's draining the emotions, but it does get better. It does get easier. Like I have, I have hope. There's hope, I feel like. So if someone wants to connect with you, Angelique, what's the best way for them to be able to do that? Um, Depending on how they want to connect with me. I mean, there's three different ways. If they just want to be my friend on Facebook, <laughs> they can go to Angelique Marketon, <laughs> M-A-R-K-E-T-O-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want anything about my music, it's Angelique Marketon Music. Um, there's a bunch of stuff online and, and then also my Facebook. Um, and I have songs on Spotify, iTunes, any of those different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I have a, uh, I refinish furniture as well, which is Uplifted Inspirations. And so, that was also since Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Share that real quick. How did that come about? Yeah, I feel like that was a God thing, totally. You know, you we depressed at the beginning. I wasn't really doing much at all. I couldn't really do much. But I decided I wanted to do something with Isaiah's room, which I'm still not done with that at all. <laughs> I still have to do it. But it was like the right start. It was the reason this all started. So I wanted to refinish some furniture to make it nice in there so I can just go in there and kind of have that room and reflect in there not like a shrine but just you know just Mm -hmm. reflect on him there and maybe do my art stuff there or whatever Um, so I started painting some used furniture and I fell in love with it I got obsessed about painting so I just (laughs) literally just started painting like 14 hour days painting 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 home decor and furniture I tried to sell some of it and it was some was selling 
and then I just started like renting booths at a few different places and um and uh, I mean that's what I do it's that's my business I I paint furniture and your husband and built decor. you a great big shed out in your backyard <laughs> well he didn't build the whole thing he's he's building stuff yeah. inside of it but yeah we mm-hmm. got a big shed yeah so now you've got a big shed right to, right yeah. so that's that's how it happened I actually sell paint now Dixie Bell Paint um, I partnered with a company and I'm one of their retailers um, uplifted inspirations that uplifted is about to me the day that Isaiah died he, he lifted up to heaven mm. so that's that's why I said that yeah and so everything, like even, you know, through the accident, we got a little money and I used that towards the business. Mm. So God is taking something really painful and, and, you know, making something out of it that is a positive thing in life, mm-hmm. in my life. I mean, just so. just like he said he would. Mm-hmm. And even though we would rather have our kids back. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We still start to see things that he is. Mm-hmm. There is some good. Oh, well, Angelique, it has been very enjoyable talking to you. Thank you for letting me interview you. And I really hope and pray that the listeners were touched by some of the things that you said. That'd be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to end by playing one of Angelique's songs. And we talked about it. I I wanted you to hear the one she talked about with the light, but it hasn't been released yet. So that'll be something for the listeners to look for and watch for and look forward to hearing. So we are going to end with the song, Follow Me. And this was one that you said you wrote with your mom? Yep. Uh, uh, Just a few months before Isaiah died. Mm. So... Yeah, so another very special one. Yes. So, all right, here's Angelique with Follow Me. Thank you. Listen to my voice I am loved, I am good I am merciful Lay it at my feet Trust my lead, come to me Leave it all behind Follow me Come follow me Give me your heart I'll give you
You can sense both the humility and the anointing Angelique has, and that you will look her up and follow her to know when her new songs come out because I know they're good. I've heard some of them. Angelique is a really good example of someone who truly believed she would not be able to go back to her passion, which was music, and that included writing songs, recording those songs, and leading worship. That as she continued to press into God, even in the suffocating darkness, even when she was angry with Him, those things continued to flow in her in a deeper and richer way than before when the time was right. I think Angelique is also a great example of how God can pull things out of us that we didn't know were in us and use them for our own healing and to bless others. You, can still live a life of meaning and purpose, not in spite of your child's death, but because of his or her life. And music is something that helps many, if not most of us, get there. It's a tool that God can use in our lives, including the sad music that pulls at the grief inside of us, that is the raw and real truth of where we are in our pain and darkness, along with the music that gives us the hope we need to get through that darkness to be able to live again. 
Let's go ahead and go on to this week's birthday segment. Christian Fafnis was born on March 4th and is forever 20. Ava Jenkins was born on March 6th and is forever two years old. Jonathan Van Verdejem was born on March 6th and is forever 19. We celebrate with these families the day that these children came into the world. It's important for us to do that. And I'm blessed and honored to be able to share these kids with our listeners. If you would like me to share your son or daughter with our podcast listeners, just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's just a simple form there for you to fill out, submit it. It gives me the information I need, and I will put them on my calendar, and we'll celebrate with you the week of their birthdays. Just a quick reminder to take a look at joining Dave and I on a cruise by going to gpshope.org slash cruise where you will find all the information. God knows how deep and dark your grief is. He knows how many of you think that maybe being able to live again, it might have happened for someone else like you and Angelique, but it isn't going to happen to me. But I want to ask you to consider changing that thought. Instead of allowing it to be something to discourage you, allow it to be something to encourage you. Instead, have the thought, if God has done that for people like Laura and Angelique, then maybe he can do it for me. I don't see it. I don't know how, but maybe it's possible. God can see what you can't see right now. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. If you're in survival mode to just keep taking one day, one minute, one breath at a time, then that's where you are. But there will start to be moments when you'll occasionally see that little glimmer of hope. And I want you to hang on to it and hang on to us here at GPS Hope because we will be that hope for you and that light for you until you have your own. And until then, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.